This is episode 380 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, 15 Critical Survival Lessons from the Great Depression. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Everyone, this episode is sponsored by my ebook, The Preparedness Community's Guide to a Microbiz and Increasing Your Finances. Remember, when you buy the ebook, you also get lifetime access to the Prepper Website forums. For more information, click on the link in the show notes or come on over to the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, so let's go ahead and jump into our article of the podcast. It comes to us from ModernSurvivalOnline.com. Again, the title of the article is 15 Critical Survival Lessons from the Great Depression. And from time to time, I see articles on Prepper Website that come up, or I post articles on Prepper Website that come up that talk about the skills, uh, the food, you know, the way that people lived during the Great Depression. Uh, one of the things that we like to do is, to, you know, we talked with uh, my grandparents who uh, have now have passed away, but we used to sit and talk with them about how things were and, and the way that they looked at things and, and, and because of the Great Depression. And, uh, you know, the, those that lived during that time lived in a whole different way, you know. They, they looked at things totally differently than we look at them today. And a lot of the times these articles that are written they you know they they're put out there to say hey this is some of the things that you could do this is some of the the things you need to consider if we ever get into a situation where there is you know economic trouble where this country goes through some of the you know some issues like uh during the great depression the issue here right is that during the Great Depression, people had skills. People had skills that, 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 that they don't have today. And that's going to be one of the things. I mean, people knew some of the basic things that, you know, we're going to be talking about in this article. And this is not a very long article, but it's just some things to kind of bring up. And so I thought it would be a great idea because if we ever found ourselves in that situation where, you know what, things are really, really rough and things are really tough, um, you know, I don't think we could ever... Well, I don't know. I think the human element will you know, always rises to the occasion. You know, you have the element that lowers itself to the occasion and those that raise itself to the occasion. But uh, I think people are going to struggle. It's not going to be. I mean, the Great Depression was a struggle, right? But people are going to struggle because they don't don't know the basic skills that people during the Great Depression had, like cooking from scratch, like mending things and fixing things. And, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself. Some of the things that we're going to talk about here in this article. So let's go ahead and just jump into it. But as we do, I really wanted you to think about you know, hey, where are you on this, you know, continuum here? You know, some of the things that we're talking about, how would you fare if you were, you know, kind of dropped into the Great Depression type situation where money wasn't as plentiful as it is maybe now, maybe the way that you're experiencing it now, maybe items that you normally would just run to the grocery store grocery store, or maybe even run to a big box store and you would able be able to get 
wouldn't be readily available. You know, how would you fare in that situation? And so uh, let's go ahead and jump into this article and, uh, you know, we'll kind of go from there. Again, 15 critical survival lessons from the Great Depression. During the Great Depression in the 1930s, nearly every American was worried about where their next meal was coming from and for how much longer they would have a roof over their heads. A whole lot has changed in our country since, but those very realistic fears are still keeping preppers up at night. Now, most preppers know they can open up a long-term food storage pouch and make a meal with just a little hot water and have enough survival camping gear to sleep six or more loved ones But the underlying premise behind the worries which surfaced in great abundance during the Great Depression are what modern preppers are busy planning to shield themselves from both tomorrow and beyond. So these are the top 15 critical survival lessons from the Great Depression. Number one is frugality. There are many important lessons we can learn from the folks who survived the Great Depression, but none is more important to apply to our daily lives than frugality. Creating a budget, living within it, not not accruing debt, eating food you cook at home, and not dining out except for special occasions are but a few prime examples of living the type of frugal lifestyle that will leave money in your pocket when both it, food, and a paycheck become scarce. So I think a lot of preppers that are out there are pretty good with frugality, at least if you are, you know, you're trying to make it. And, uh, you know, you realize that you got to make sure that uh, you have money put back. Hopefully you are uh, creating that emergency fund. You are living on a budget and all those good things. Uh, It just drives me nuts when I hear about people that are, you know, living with no wiggle room whatsoever. You know, they are living paycheck to paycheck. And if you have a hiccup of any kind for whatever reason, whether you can't get paid for a week or, uh, you know, you, uh, your job has to shut down for a month. You know, what do you do in those cases? A lot of people will have to wind up, you know, uh, suffering and they would wind up maybe, you know, uh, losing their, their house or the lights are getting turned off and all that kind of stuff. You know, I know people who, uh, because they, they were, you know, they had two incomes coming, coming in. They lived in a very nice part of the area and then for whatever reason, you know, one of the spouses lost their job and then they had to sell their home. And, you know, this beautiful home that they lived in, it was perfect, but they, they were so uh, tied in to, you know, needing their both paychecks that they couldn't make it. And so, uh, you know, a spouse loses their job and they wind up having to go and uh, downsize, you know, big time and sometimes even lose money on the house so they wouldn't wreck their credit. So definitely that is one of the areas where we need to really look into. Number two is sewing. Make your clothing last as long as possible by learning how to mend worn garments and repurpose them to give them new life in some other useful manner. You can also save and make extra money by having yard sales to make money on clothing that is in good shape but cannot be passed down are great ways to avoid waste and always ensuring you and your family have warm coats work clothes, socks without holes to wear. The feed sack dresses made by poor farming families embarrass some of the wearers, but are now considered works of art created expertly by Great Depression survivors. Now, 
you know, sewing, there's people out there that can do a little bit of sewing, maybe put on a, uh, a button, you know, maybe, you know, do a little bit of hemming, but th- this is a lost art. It really is. Um, you know, my grandmother could sew and we always went to her to get you know, the, you know, our, our sewing needs taken care of. And, you know, my mom could do, you know, some basic sewing and things like that. Um, but for the most part, this is, this is done. And so if you, if you really needed to take in something now or really needed some work done, you would have to take it somewhere to, uh, you know, someone who is a, a quote unquote sewing specialist, right? Uh, because this is a skill that, that's not really, uh, taught and, and really something that's valued anymore, but something that we should know. And so where are you on those skills? Number three is foraging. It was not uncommon for families who lived through the Great Depression to have to forage for their own food and to craft new recipes from what they found, food that was still available in stores that had not shut down and would fit their shrinking finances. When it comes to foraging, we see a lot of articles and a lot of information you know, in the prepper community, but for the most part, a lot of people out there don't know a lot about foraging. You know, having some books to be able to identify certain plants out there that, that are edible, um, you know, is very, very valuable. But for the most part, you know, back then in the day, people could identify, you know, things that they could forage. Nowadays, this is, again, this is another lost art. So where are you? Even in the prepper community, there's people that focus on foraging a little bit more than others. So where are you in this skill? Number four is garden. During the Great Depression, almost everyone had a garden, no matter how wealthy they had been before or where they lived. Every inch of grass around the city housing unit or yard space was dedicated to the growing of food to help prevent starvation and to use the little bit of money they had to stave off living outdoors, which tens of thousands of former middle-class Americans were forced to do seemingly overnight. So another thing, you know, there's been a big resurgence in gardening, at least as far as I've seen in the prepper community, you know, that it kind of just lends itself to it. It's kind of a gateway, you know, gateway drug, gardening and uh, firearms, right, to preparedness. But uh, there's a lot of people out there who have no clue, uh, no clue on what to do. I always appreciated my... uh, my campus when I worked on the campus because we had a garden out there and the third graders would go out there and they would plant stuff in the ground and then they would actually get to pull it up later on and eat it. And so they, they had an idea of where food was coming from, where vegetables and and fruit and all that kind of stuff was coming from. So, uh, you know, there's a little bit of value there, a little bit of understanding that you put some small little seed in the ground and then later on it produces this and what it takes to because they to to get it because they would go out there and pull weeds and and different things like that. But there's just a lot of people that wouldn't even know where to begin. Right. And so uh, gardening uh, is one of those skills that uh, takes a little bit of time to really get to know and master. Number five is work. Take any type of work that you can get. Nothing legal is beneath you. And likely a couple old-fashioned illegal jobs like moonshining wouldn't be beneath you when the SHTF either. If your family needs money, do not dip into your savings or go deeper into debt. Take a job mopping floors or parking cars if that is all there is available or can fit into your schedule. If taking it as a part-time gig. At the mercy of panic creditors is not where you want to be if a financial collapse or other long-term disaster happens. 
And that's where I was talking about at the very beginning, where people just kind of rise to the occasion. And uh, those that you know believe in themselves and, and are going to make it happen, they're, they're going to do what needs to be done. And so taking you know multiple jobs, I mean, there's people out there right now that take multiple jobs and uh, they try to get it done as the best that they can. And uh, that would be something that happens in the Great Depression as well. I, I don't think we would be seeing so many people just sitting around watching, you know, uh, television all day long. Uh, they would have to get out there and work. Hopefully, that's what they would do, or they would starve uh, if you know we were in an economic crunch. Number six is hunting and fishing. Folks put food into their bellies and garnered the protein they needed to keep on working by hunting and fishing extensively. Some for the very first time. If you live in the city or the suburbs and cannot hunt on your own land, carpool out to public hunting areas in rural commu- or counties and harvest meat or fish to preserve and stockpile to save money and in case of emergency, which could be anything from job loss to regional flooding to an apocalyptic event. Again, uh, if you're new to preparedness or maybe you're new to the, to the podcast, one of the things that is said about hunting and fishing, I mean, right now it's regulated. You have to have licenses. But if we ever encountered uh, a Great Depression type thing uh, scenario, people say that you know all the all the animals would be hunted. I mean, really quickly because people would go out to the to the woods. People would go out to do that, and uh, there would be a, a you know it wouldn't be regulated, and uh, we would see you know the deer population really decrease unless it was you know they were getting up to those very secluded areas and kind of hiding out um, i guess this is uh, that would be one of the reasons why uh, i guess the hogs infestation that we see uh here in you know in the south and in other places too i mean that would be one of the the things that would pay off is you know there would be plenty of hogs but because they uh uh, for the same reason, I think they would be hunted pretty quickly as well, and uh, they would start to disappear. Number seven is a grocery list. Take a long, hard look at your grocery list and eliminate costly items you can either do without or make yourself, even if that means learning how to cook when all you can do now is burn water. Been there, done that. Prepared and processed foods are both the least healthy and some of the most expensive items in the supermarket. All right, so definitely, you know, when you uh, when you go to the grocery store and you you're stopping every one or two days, you're not really you know doing a, a smart thing there. You're first of all you're spending a lot of time in the grocery store, but then you're not planning ahead. And so there are times when you can buy something and you can use it for one meal, and then maybe the next day use it for another meal or whatever. But you know, definitely that grocery list is coming from the menu that you are planning. And so again, if you are not uh, planning, you, you're not planning your menus out. You're not thinking ahead. I think you're really doing yourself, your your family, and your finances a disservice because you can't help yourself in that way. Number eight is swapping. During the Great Depression, folks learned to swap items they were growing or raising with others who were cultivating something else they needed. Bartering nearly became king again during this dark era. Eggs were traded for haircuts for a scarce job interview, tomatoes swapped for milk, etc. Start taking an inventory of what other members of your community are growing, raising, or services they are providing that you might need during an SHTF event and vice versa. Again, not only just bartering items, but skills, I think, are very important as well. All right, number nine is food waste. 
Only enough food was cooked for one meal because either there was not enough to go around or there was no way to preserve it. We should follow these same food conservation lessons today. The level of food waste in the United States is higher than any other country on the planet. Do not put leftovers in your fridge and let them go to waste. Make only enough for one meal at a time or better yet, make enough for two meals and freeze half of it. You can also make meals ahead or meals in a jar with only the dry items and stockpile them for busy evenings and emergencies. Okay, so again, this is the planning part here and uh, great advice. I, I've never understood people. You know, I like leftovers. I think leftovers are great because uh, you know you have them there. It's you know you you pop them in the microwave, you heat it up, and you're done. And you're not having to do a lot of you know spending time in the in the kitchen and stuff like that. A lot of people do meal prep now, where they uh, they prepare their meals or maybe their lunches. Uh, you know, at one part of the of the week, maybe on a Saturday or Sunday, and they set it for the whole rest of the week. And I think, you know, that just saves a lot of time so that you can, you know, maximize what you want to do and, and all that here, you know, during your life. But I think that, uh, you know, again, it's very smart to if you do cook a little bit extra and it is a little easier for you to do that then freezing it and then bringing it out next week i think that's smart and so definitely not letting it go to waste we do waste a lot and uh you know that's that's one thing that we want to try to start minimizing number 10 is avoid self-indulgence for one entire week track every penny you spend or use like your cell phone package your cable etc if you actually tally up how much these morning cups of coffee cost work lunches running errands frequently instead of on a designated day to save fuel, impulse buys at a checkout counter, you may very well find that if you took your lunch to work, made your own coffee, and drove wisely, you could save a minimum of $100 per week. And that's so true. I mean, I've heard that ever since way before I got into preparedness about, you know, the way that you drive, you know, pay, think about how you, how you're doing things. And, and again, it goes back to planning. A lot of this stuff goes back to planning is, you know, Hey, is there something that I can take, uh, you know, run an errand on the way home from work, right? Where I, I'm not going out of my way to, uh, to, to do that. It's just right now we live, we live in the land of plenty. You know, gas is not that expensive and, uh, you know, you can spend a little bit more, you know, time just, you know, going where you want to go and all that kind of stuff because we have that extra money. But what happens when we have to start tightening our belts? You know, are you able to uh, to, you know, go go that route and able to start implementing some of these things to save some money? Number 11 is do the work yourself. Calling a plumber, electrician, lawn mowing service or other type of labor can bust your budget quickly. Your skill set will dictate how often you can do your own home and auto repairs. Work on honing and enhancing your skills so you can be your own handyman and mechanic or trade services with others who can accomplish the task for you. All right, good, um, good idea there and good skills to have. And even if you can follow directions, you can do so much. I mean, I've talked about this where YouTube, I have done so many things just by following uh, a YouTube video from, uh, you know, changing out garbage disposals to, t to changing the dual water inlet valve in my refrigerator, you know, to, I mean, all, fixing or uh, re replacing the battery in my wife's tablet, which basically when you go to the internet, it says you can't do it, but you find a video that, uh, that tells you how to do it. And it's, you know, all these little things that you can do. 
and we just throw things away so easy and uh, you know try to go to the next thing but uh, it, things are easy out there you know another thing to add here is having the tools to be able to do those types of things you know that is a great benefit there's so many people who call plumbers and call people to f- fix things that they don't have basic tools and so if you have basic tools that is you know and then you start adding to those tools a little bit at a time you know you have something that is uh, is a great value in a situation where you know the poop has hit the fan and people are looking for others who can do things you know you'll be able to trade out services you'll be able to uh, you know barter your skill set or your ability to to do whatever you know if you have tools and you have a little bit of know-how and knowledge of how things work um, definitely that would come into uh, to your benefit. All right, number 12 is air conditioning. You can live without air conditioning. You really can. If your home has a basement, make it a summer living space to allow the family to stay cool without driving up your electric bill. During the Great Depression, women soaked sheets in water and hung them in doorways so the blowing air from open windows helped cool down their homes. All right, so definitely there are always, you know, we read about articles that help to keep you cool and stuff like that. We are very, very, uh, very blessed to have air conditioning. Uh, Sometimes we wonder, like, how in the world would we ever live with it? Uh, One of the things that I always like to think about is who in the heck would have come to Houston, you know, in the 1800s, the Allen brothers, when they when when they founded Houston, why in the world would they have come when it's so stinking hot here and they didn't have air conditioning? But uh, I guess it was a different time. You know, homes were built in a different way and people were used to it. Nowadays, we're not used to it at all. And, uh, you know, so anyway, there are ways, you know, do you know ways to keep cool? Do you know ways to um, things to do around your home to make things just a little bit more bearable if you didn't have air conditioning? Uh, That's something to look into and something to know how to do. Number 13 are commodities. During a crisis of any type, but particularly a financial one, commodities will go sky high before they disappear from your store shelves. Learn to use cheaper substitutes, especially ones you can raise yourself for common recipe ingredients. To replace sugar in recipes, grow your own stevia plants or sugar beets. You can also use honey, corn syrup, and molasses as a sugar substitute. Evaporated milk or milk you dehydrated yourself can be used as a substitute for store-bought fresh milk. Live somewhere you can at least raise a Nigerian dwarf dairy goat and you will have a reliable supply of milk and by extension, cheese and butter. All right there. Number 14 is preserve more food. Do not limit your food preservation efforts to simply what you can can or dehydrate from your own garden. Look for sales. Double or triple coupon deals on foods you can dehydrate or have an extensive shelf life. It is not difficult to dehydrate eggs or dairy products that are staples of our diet. All right, so uh, preserving preserving and canning and knowing how to do that is very powerful. And uh, being able to do that with... Um, you know, food and, and or fruits and vegetables, really, too, that you find at the store that just for whatever reason, there was a lot there and they run a sale and you can take advantage of that. And number 15, this is the last one, is make your own. 
Learn how to make your own natural cleaning, washing, hygiene, like toothpaste and mouthwash, and bathing products. This will save thousands of dollars over the course of the years. Many natural cleaning agents are multi-purpose items, making them even more of a bargain, like cornstarch, distilled white vinegar, apple cider vinegar, and rubbing alcohol. You know, guys, we've talked a little bit about that here in the past, um, where you make your own cleaning, you know, using vinegar and water and and alcohol and essential oils and and different things like that. A lot of the times, those things work just as well as a lot of the cleaners that we use. But, uh, you know, we have talked about that extensively. And so knowing how to do that, you know, printing off some recipes, even playing around with them a little bit beforehand, very, very important and vital and uh, good to have, good to have that information you know if you ever needed it and it really if you started implementing those things right now you would be saving a lot of money all right so start making these small changes inspired from the great depression today once you see the results and savings in stockpiling making large ones will not feel as daunting but an exciting preposition that will allow you to sleep more soundly at night all right guys so there are some uh some things to maybe to think about and to start implementing in your lives, start looking at, and then also evaluating your skills. Could I do this if the situation uh, you know, arose? And, not, and then the other thing is this, could I do this without having to go to the internet and research these things, you know? So a lot of people are like, okay, yeah, if I needed to make my own cleaning supplies, I can go to the internet and I can pull up a bunch of different ideas. But what if I didn't have the internet? You know, do I have resources? Do I have these things printed out? Do I have books? Do I have a, maybe a survival folder that I have uh, put to the side? And I, and I know how to do some of these things, you know? And so that's one, one thing that, uh, that you can definitely do and, and prepare uh, for a future that might be a little chaotic. And, uh, and hopefully it, it never, it won't ever get there. Um, but we prepare, you know, just in case that's the whole reason why we prepare so that we're ready if something happens like this. All right, guys. Well, that was again over at, uh, modern I'm going to link to it in the show notes like always. And, uh, if you get a chance, go over there and visit it there, uh, you know, and, and read it just a little bit more slowly. And again, um, evaluate yourself. How would you fall in these skills? You know, or is there something that you need to maybe focus on a little bit and uh, increase and do some research? Well, everyone, that is it for episode 380. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.